Today is the final Sunday in that church season that's called Advent, which means coming, simply coming. We celebrate the first coming of Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. We look at Christ's first coming as an example of our Savior's sovereignty, our Creator's sovereignty. We remind ourselves of Almighty God's fulfilled prophecy. He said it, He did it. He said it, He did it. Over and over and over. And all through time, God's people have seen and heard those prophecies. They've seen them in print after they were put in print, and they heard them in their ears. And many disbelieved. In fact, we're going to look at a man who disbelieved today. While recalling the first coming of Christ, we also remember that His promise was that He would come again. And not only that, that He would indwell us, that He would come within us. And so we see three comings of Christ. As that infant, as the one who comes within us, and the one who promised to return. And we're going to look at a prophecy that was made about 700 years before the first coming of Christ. And that prediction had at least two meanings of significance. The first was the furthering of the line of King David. And it was going to be right there through the birth of that child. And the more important one, the second one, is that the birth of that anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, was in fact foretold. Now, I hope that you leave here today knowing three things. Nothing can stop God's plans. That's the first thing. You need to have that sealed in your heart so that you can comprehend no matter what it looks like out there, no matter what the world brings, no matter what happens in your life, God's plans will be accomplished. And our role today as followers is to trust and obey Him. That's the second thing I want you to leave here with, that you would trust and obey Him. There's a hymn that we sing, there's no other way to be happy in this life than to trust and obey. And the third thing is that our peace comes from our obedience and our trust in God. I want you to open your Bibles to the seventh chapter of Isaiah. We'll put it up on the screen there. If you have a Bible there in your seats and you'd like to open it, you'll find that on page 1066. 1066. Isaiah chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 10 through 14. Isaiah was a prophet. He was a prophet of God, a true prophet of God, an authentic prophet of God. And when Isaiah said it, it came to pass. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to a cause, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But a cause said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Now, the Lord was speaking through Isaiah to a cause. Some say in the English it's a has, but it's a cause. But he said, I will not, nor will I test the Lord. And then he said, hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? 
Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Emmanuel. And we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. The Bible presents evidence of Almighty God's faithfulness to His promises of deliverance and salvation. It provides it in what we call the Old Testament, which is the majority of this book that we call the Bible. Just for a visual, I'm going to show you what we're talking about. That's it. Old Testament, New Testament. The Old Testament Scriptures were written long before the New Testament Scriptures. The New Testament Scriptures testify of the Old Testament Scriptures. And there are some that say we can discard that part. We don't need it anymore. That's not what God's Word says. Our story today tells of the events that took place when Assyria was intent on expanding westwards. And this was before the exile, sometime before 740 B.C. and 700 B.C. Assyria was an enemy of both Syria and Israel at that time. So they formed an alliance to resist this expansion. They did not want to expand. They didn't want to be taken over. They tried to convince Akaz, the king of Judah, to join their allegiance, but he refused. Akaz was of the house of David, from whom the Messiah was to be brought. The kings of Syria and Israel were plotting against Akaz. They wanted to overthrow him. And this caused distress to Akaz and the people. And therefore, they had no peace in their lives. They were without peace. Almighty God had sent Isaiah to meet with Akaz and give him the prophecy of deliverance. He told Akaz to quit worrying because his enemies will fail. Isaiah gave this promise from Almighty God, and he promised that in less than 65 years, Israel would be destroyed. Akaz could have trusted Almighty God and had the peace that passes understanding, but he refused. And see, this is what We need to understand, if we trust God, we can have that peace that passes understanding. And folks, I will tell you, I will confess, I am not one to always maintain that trust and peace that comes with it. Because sometimes the world comes crashing down on us, and we start to think, how are we going to take care of this? My little situation is no big deal, but I've got a lot more responsibilities. I already confessed some of those to you. And it takes time. Everything takes time. So instead of staying up at 3 a.m. this morning, I went back to sleep, and I didn't get up till 7. And then I had to do all those duties in the morning, and I didn't get over here till 9. And so I didn't get to practice with the team as much as I would have liked to because I was in my office finishing the PowerPoint because I didn't have time to do that because yesterday we were giving away food. 
All of that adds up, and you start to think, how am I going to do this? And you lose sight of the fact that God is in control, even when it looks as if He's not. See, now, cause He didn't hold on to that. He could have been content in the knowledge that He served the living, almighty, all-powerful sovereign of the universe, but instead He feared, and He refused to trust and obey God. In verses 10 through 12, we learn that God spoke to a cause again through Isaiah. He told him to seek a sign, but a cause refused. He claimed he didn't want to test God. He refused. This wasn't just a refusal to seek a sign. It shows his refusal to depend upon Almighty God. He didn't trust God. And see, that's where when our faith weans, or wanes, I should say, when our faith slips down to a lower level, we're not trusting God. Because God tells us all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. All things. And we look at the things that, say, are bad things, or things that are unpleasant to us, and we say, how in the world could this possibly work out for the good? I have personally said that. I have prayed that prayer. God, I know Your Word says this, but how's this going to work out for good? Because there are some things that just absolutely cannot work out for good. In my mind, because I'm human, and so was the cause. God told him to seek a sign, but he refused. And the cause told the messenger, Isaiah, he wasn't going to do it. He didn't hold Isaiah in high regard. And a lot of times, whenever the preacher, like yours truly, preaches the Word, people don't hold the preacher in high regard. That doesn't stop the preacher who is authentically a preacher of God's Word. It doesn't matter to me what people think. What matters to me is what God thinks. Just hit the red button there, Jim. Is there a red button? Stop. Okay. Some people watch the message, and then they want to talk to me. (laughs) I'm giving the message. (laughs) Praise the Lord. How's that going to work out for good, right? (laughs) I don't know. But the cause discounted the message, but Isaiah delivered it anyway. You see, that goes to what's written in Ezekiel. God told Ezekiel he was the uh, watchman, and he had to deliver the message or else God was going to hold him accountable. So that's what I must do. I must deliver the message. In Isaiah Chapter 7 and verse 14, we read the words quoted by Matthew in the 23rd verse of the first chapter of his gospel record. I think I have that on the screen there. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Matthew gives the translation. God with us. God with us. And this prophecy is a testimony to God's covenant with David. God made promises to David, and he was going to fulfill those promises. The prophecy held two messages that were not for the benefit of cause. These weren't for a cause. He was unbelieving. He was unfaithful. 
The first part of that is related to Akaz's young wife bearing a son who would continue the line of David. This is Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the one spoken of there. The second message is Almighty God's promise that the Messiah would come through his line by a virgin. Now, it's written in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 16 that the prophet Nathan told David, And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. See, that was the promise. God made that promise through Nathan. And God kept that promise. And Isaiah was reiterating that promise. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, we see that this promise can be traced back all the way to the Garden of Eden. When our Creator told the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of the Messiah. A cause should have trusted the Lord to keep his covenant with David and deliver him from his enemies, but he didn't. If he would have placed his trust in Almighty God and his promises, he'd have nothing to fear. And so often it's hard for us whenever we're faced with those things that are difficult in our lives. When we look around the world today, we could be tempted to fear. Turn the television off. Don't watch that mess anymore. It's driving fear. Pushing fear. He trusted in human wisdom. And therefore he would be destroyed. A cause represents any unfaithful, carnally-minded, cowardly human being. We tremble. We fear circumstances that appear to be devastating or threatening to us. But remember, it's written in Romans chapter 8, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We can't be like a cause and please God. We must trust and obey, even when it's difficult, even when it seems as if it's impossible. We must trust God. It's written in Romans chapter 8 and verse 13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the, death, the deeds of the body, you will live. We don't do the things of the flesh. We maintain our relationship with Almighty God through the spiritual means. We pray. We talk to God. We fast. Refrain from food. And sometimes food and drink. The Lord had me doing that last week. It's a difficult fast. I get thirsty. That's why I always have water. It's written in Galatians chapter 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like 
of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things, uh, does that say will not? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't say might not, right? Shall not, right. So absolute. A cause was not spirit-filled. Otherwise, he would have had faith. Because as we read on in Galatians chapter 5, five we, we find that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, faithfulness is in there. If a cause had been faithful to Almighty God, he would have recognized when Isaiah brought the message that it was, in fact, for him, and he was to respond positively to that message. Instead, he refused. Sometimes we do. As long as we don't stay there, we're all right. It's not God's perfect will for our lives, but He does forgive us if we turn away from those things that displease Him. Those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh. We've picked up that cross daily. We've crucified the flesh in its, with its passions and its desires. If we accept the prophecy of Almighty God, we can know that the righteous in Christ will be delivered. We know this. He says it in His Word. He makes it clear. Those who are righteous in Christ shall be delivered. We pray, deliver us from evil. We know that Almighty God is trustworthy. He doesn't lie. If He said we're going to be delivered, we're going to be delivered. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6, it's written, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Is there any way out of that? He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do you hear Him speaking to you today? This was the message to our cause just as well as it is to us. God goes with you. He goes before you. He is with you. This is Christ in us. This is His coming now. It's the message of peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. Move over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, it's written that the fruit of the Spirit is, among other things, peace and faithfulness. In case we might be tempted to believe it wasn't a message for us, God restates it in the 13th chapter of Hebrews. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Our our Lord Himself said, He can kill your body, but He can't kill your soul. He can't take your spirit from you. Spirit belongs to the Lord. God's servants can rest peacefully in the knowledge that God will not leave you nor forsake you. No matter what the circumstances look like, we can rest assured that our Creator has everything under control. Everything. No matter what it looks like, He's got it all under control. Even when we step out of His will, He'll draw us back in. I'm living proof of that. Remember the words of the angel announcing the conception of Christ to Mary. It's written in Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, For with God nothing will be impossible. Doesn't mean that things won't be difficult or unpleasant at times. Because we all know life is sometimes difficult. Sometimes it's unpleasant. Sometimes horrible things happen. We would never want to have happen. But we can rest assured in the promise that's found in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. And that's where it's written, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Imagine that. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I remember whenever I was on a movie set one time, I was going to be a, a, what do you call, an extra. And we were walking through the set, and I kept saying that to the person that I was with, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I'd never been an extra in a movie before. I had no idea what to expect. It was boring. We sat in a, an audience. I was an, part of an audience. And some of the actors, they told us, don't speak to the actors. And they put me outside. I'm sitting across the table from uh, Michael Douglas. And he's looking at me like, why aren't you talking? And I thought, they told me not to talk to you. So <laughs> I don't want them to kick me off the set. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to expect. And there was a, an element of fear there in, in not knowing what was expected. So I just kept saying it over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I think all of us could get that and really hold on to that and say, no matter what the world brings, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Will you all say that with me today? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. We can rest peacefully in this knowledge. The things which are impossible with men, it's written in Luke chapter 18, are possible with God. And the verse before that tells us the, the disciples asked, well, who can be saved? And Jesus said, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. I was witnessing to people at that time, too, on that set, by the way. That's why I was in prayer Anyway, that's a side note. Let us always remember the truth. 
that the story of a cause gives us, and let's apply it to our lives every day. Peace comes from depending on and trusting Almighty God. That's the only place we're going to have real lasting peace. If we place our trust in God, if we have faith in Almighty God, we can have peace. The same God who brought Christ into the world 2,000 years ago, or so, probably a little more than 2,000 years, is still in control today. And Christ promised to return triumphantly, having peace that the end of the story of humankind is already written, and God's righteousness wins over evil, is the best place we can be. If we will place our faith in that knowledge that Almighty God Himself promised to deliver humankind from evil, we can know that He will do what He says He will do. We can have peace. The story of humankind is already written. God wrote it. No matter what, have peace knowing God is faithful and always fulfills His promise. Trust in ourselves is a false place to put trust. Trusting in other people or human wisdom is a false place to put trust. Trusting Human powers is never the answer. We need to become more self-reliant. I'd like to see us all grow a garden, for example. I'd like to teach people to grow gardens, to be a little more self-sufficient. I know that has nothing to do with faith, but it is wisdom. It's written in John chapter 16, that Christ said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. He doesn't say you might, does he? What's he say? You will have tribulation. Okay. In the world you will absolutely have tribulation, troubles. There's going to be difficulties. But what's he going to say? Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Wow. Nothing can stop God's plans. It is finished. It is finished. We're just like going through the motions till we get there. Think about it like a movie, okay? Many of you, I'm sure, probably all of you have watched a movie in your lifetime. And if you watch the movie again, you know what's going to happen next. You, you know the ending. We get the ending right here. God is faithful. He wrote it out for us. Even if we don't know every scene that takes place between now and then, He wins. And we will rule with Him. Let us have peace in our hearts as we move forward each day. Let's remember the present coming of Christ within His followers and say out loud, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. One Bible version changed it to, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I'd just as soon say who it was that strengthens me. 
Our role today as followers is to trust and obey Almighty God. Let's remember Romans 5.1 where it's written, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does our peace come from? God through Christ. We've been made no longer enemies. We were once enemies. And now we have peace. The white flag has been flown. We're no longer enemies. Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. That's written in Romans chapter 14 and verse 19. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, it's written, In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Guard. Think about that. That peace becomes a guard to protect your thoughts, to protect your mind, to protect your heart. Pursue the things which make for peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. It's written in Luke chapter 21, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then... Then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. O come, O come, Emmanuel. As I wrap this up, I'll remind you that our peace comes from our obedience and trust in God. And His plans cannot be stopped. It doesn't matter what the world does. You know, somebody sent me a message this week. I think it was Kylie's dad. We've got a headquarters. They're putting up their building. They're going to have three sections. One for the Christians, one for the Muslims, and one for the Jews. One world religion. Now, that's foretold in the Scripture, and there will be one who rises up and attempts to have everyone bow down before his image and give him worship. There will be one who comes and demands that everyone be marked, or else they will not be able to buy or sell. And you are going to need to have the Word of God seated in your heart and comprehend that God's plans will not be changed. You need to have strength in the knowledge of Almighty God. Because if you can't buy or sell, you are going to be in a bad place, worse than you've ever been in. And you might be tempted to say, how could this work out for good? You might be tempted to doubt like a cause was tempted to doubt. And you're going to need that strength. You're going to need that peace that passes understanding. You're going to need to place your faith in Almighty God and know that His plans are going to be accomplished. You're going to need to trust Him 
and you're going to have no other gods before me. You will bow down before no other. You will worship only him. It's written in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, and this is Christ speaking. He says, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and that means dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And remember that after he ascended, his followers stood in amazement, gazing up into heaven. I don't know what that would be like to watch him ascend, but I can imagine it would bring quite an amazement. And while they looked steadfastly, it's written in Acts chapter 1, they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And that typically means they were messengers from God. They were angels. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Let's be prepared for Christ's triumphant return. And let us all pray, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Please root your word within our hearts. Keep us from idolatry, Lord. Your word is true. Help our hearts not to be troubled, Lord, though the world brings such tribulation, troubles, trying times, difficulties, inconveniences sometimes, Father, things that eat up time. Help us to remember that you have a place for us and Christ will return and bring us to Himself. Where He is, we may be also. We can't comprehend how He can be with us and yet be returning. And yet, Father, Your Word makes it clear that that is the case. Help us to remember that after He ascended, those two angels said He's coming back. He foretold He would return. Help us to be prepared for His triumphant return, and help us to pray always, O come, O come, Emmanuel. I pray, Father, for each one within the sound of my voice, those who will join us later through electronic means, that you would pour out your Spirit upon each of us, that no matter what the world brings, we would always be faithful. Unlike a cause, we would hear the voice of your messenger and obey that we would trust you and obey what it is that you would have us to obey. I pray, Father, for peace to fall upon each of us who are here in this building, that we would walk forward from this place knowing that you are with us and you will not forsake us. And I pray all of this in Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.